Chat is brought to you by Moffat Aqua Systems of Greensburg and Aqua Systems of Columbus. Welcome to the chat. This podcast is here to encourage and challenge you in your walk with Christ by inspiring women of faith. Chat means an informal conversation, and we can't wait for you to hear this episode of the chat podcast. Your host, Nina Evans, is a Christian marriage and family counselor, police chaplain, national speaker, author, and religion columnist for the Republic newspaper. The chat podcast originates from your gospel station, WYGS, a southern gospel radio station in Columbus, Indiana. If you'd like to sponsor the radio show or podcast, please contact WYGS at 812-373-9947 or WYGS.org. Welcome to the chat. Welcome, everyone, to the chat. I am coming to you from the beautiful city of Columbus, Indiana. My name is Nida Evans, and I am the host for The Chat. It airs each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock on radio station WYGS, and it can be live-streamed from its website. The Chat is also available through iTunes and Spotify. My guest today for the chat is Lindsay Van Zant. Lindsay is a wife, mother, and sales rep for Rubbermaid Commercial. We'll be right back with the chat. Welcome to the chat, Lindsay. Thank you. So excited to be here. I'm looking forward to spending a few minutes just chatting with you and getting to know you better. I hope you like what you hear. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure I will. Will you tell us a little bit about your family? Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I'm married. I have a husband. His name is Kyle. He works for Cummins here in town. I have four kids. The oldest three are boys, 13, 7, and 5. And then my youngest is a girl, and she's three. And they are very energetic, and they keep me on my toes. Four kids. Yes. My house is a very loud, noisy, chaotic place most of the time. I could understand that for sure. Well, will you tell us a little bit about the kind of work you do? For Rubbermaid, I am an account manager. So I work in the state of Indiana covering um, hospitals, schools, um, office buildings. We sell products that are mostly focused on cleaning and maintenance. So I work with hospitals, training them how to clean patient rooms, how to clean operating rooms, or in schools with the custodial staff on just how to heighten their level of cleanliness and take care of their facilities. So that's part of it, but I manage all the commercial buildings throughout the state. Wow, that sounds like it's a lot, let alone having four small children to, <laughs> yes. to take care of. Yep, I have a lot on my plate, but that's okay. I think I thrive under a little bit of craziness. So, Oh, yes, good, good. Will you tell us, about your testimony. When did you come to know Jesus and have a personal relationship with him? Sure. Um, Well, I grew up here in Columbus, and my parents were both believers. We grew up in the church. In fact, I kind of feel like we were in the church every time the doors were open. Mm. So Mm -hmm. um, we went to church Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. And so I, I was thinking back on this, and I really feel like I have just had a foundation of a belief in Christ from, I I don't ever know a time when that was not there. That was very much a part of our family um, for generations. Um, 
that I can think of. I I know I made a conscious decision. I remember being in church and there was uh, an invitation for baptism. And I remember that day, I was seven years old. I mm. remember walking up the aisle. Mm. I was at Berean Bible Church back in the day in town. I mm. vividly remember that choice um, at that young age. But it's been, I feel like just life as a believer is a journey of constantly remaking that decision every uh-huh. single day. So mm-hmm. that's a little bit about kind of my faith story, but it's obviously been a long journey to where I am now. Yes. Were you, when you were talking about being seven years old and, and being baptized and all of that, but your relationship with Christ started even before then? Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. What's that relationship look like today? You know, it's interesting. I, I mentioned it's been a journey, and it, it really has. I I remember growing up, I, I think about, you know, being involved in church and being involved in kind of faith-based ex- extracurriculars, and then, um, then I went to college, and I was kind of exposed to this whole new world mm-hmm. of not living in my bubble of mm-hmm. my church friends mm-hmm. and just fellow believers, and started to my mom made the comment one time Lindsay you can't live on the fence you can't live Mm -hmm. in the in the secular world and you know be pursuing Christ with your whole heart and she's like you have to choose and I struggled I feel like for Mm -hmm. a few years kind of in those late teens early 20s really finding myself and my identity in Christ and and making that choice and I even in in college, like I, you know, started experimenting with drinking and meeting other friends. And then after college, I started uh, dating. And this was like kind of my first real relationship, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. And uh, still, all of these questions where you're constantly wrestling with living the life that God has called me mm-hmm. to live mm-hmm. and then like getting all the outside influences that keep sneaking in, so mm-hmm. to speak. But um, so I went through some struggles with that and. Not long after college, I had moved to Texas for a job and then relocated to North Carolina. And um, th- I was that relationship that I had been in ended, and I was devastated, um, just really mad at God. Of, you know, you're in your early 20s and Mm -hmm. you think life happens when you get married and like you have the set path you're supposed to go down, and mine was not working that way. and to further complicate issues, I started drinking a lot at that time. That was my coping mechanism for this mm-hmm. breakup that I had gone through. And in that time, I um, I ended up getting pregnant, which was definitely not mm-hmm. on my radar or my plans. And so I really wrestled with God, like, here, I'm trying to follow you, and sometimes I feel your presence, sometimes I don't. I could see where he, along the way, kept putting people in my path to like keep steering me back to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think that that time when I found myself pregnant was kind of a pivotal moment in my journey of not being told what I should believe mm-hmm. my you know my formative years, but actually like wrestling with, do I believe this for myself? And if so, I really need to start living my life in a way that is indicative of Mm -hmm. that. So it's, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think that there were seeds that were planted my whole youth growing up and watered by Mm -hmm. different people, my mom, my dad, my family, Mm -hmm. you know, youth pastors and even friends that God put in my path. But 
I would say like my journey of really pursuing Christ as an adult and learning on my own what that meant was probably in my mid 20s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it happened at, you know, unfortunately, kind of the consequences of some of my bad choices mm-hmm. where, you know, I think sometimes God uses those consequences and those experiences to really reveal himself to us of how he is faithful and he will pick us up when we're when we can't carry ourselves so um at that stage kind of of where i was i ended up moving back to indiana right before i ended up having that baby his name's logan he's 13 now but mm-hmm. um, i moved back two weeks before he was born mm-hmm. and still kind of navigating what does my life look like and and now i'm a mom and that's a whole new responsibility Mm -hmm. and fighting through being ashamed and the emotions that come with an unplanned pregnancy especially in the church where traditionally like you know that's you're wearing your sin on your sleeve or Mm -hmm. in that case my belly yes (laughs) Uh so Uh i was i was embarrassed and i wasn't sure how i was going to be received back in columbus and it was um, a really hard, dark time for me. In fact, I, I look back to that pregnancy in that first probably year of my son's life, and I have very few memories of that period. Mm. I think I was so mm. depressed and struggling that I kind of blocked out a lot of that. Mm. I relied on my parents, and there were a lot of friends that came forward to support me through that time. But it was it was pivotal for me that at, at some point, and I can't remember like a definitive mm-hmm. day or moment, but it was kind of a season where I just recommitted my life um, to pursuing Christ and just getting re-engaged with the church. And, you know, I, I needed to put like the drinking and the people in my life that were toxic and, mm-hmm. and had mm-hmm. no business being influential. I had to put them aside and move mm-hmm. on and just say, okay, now I, I have to live for God and I have to live for being a mom. And that has to be my focus. So, as far as the journey, that, mm-hmm. that gets mm-hmm. me to like 13 years ago. But I think that mm-hmm. I can pretty confidently say that that experience um, was very pivotal in, mm-hmm. in that kind of formulation of my faith as Lindsay, my own, mm-hmm. being who I am as a daughter of the Lord. So God took a difficult situation that you were in to turn you to him, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. That was rough. But as you look back, I'm sure there were times of such great blessing after you'd gotten through it that you learned many things by going off on your own journey without God, didn't you? Right. Yeah, I I did. I learned so much. And I, I, in some weird way, I'm thank I'm obviously thankful for my son and that experience. Mm-hmm. It's always kind of a strange thing to talk about mm-hmm. and to process. But I, I know that if I had not gotten pregnant, I would have never moved back to Columbus. A mm-hmm. um, few years later, I ended up meeting my husband, who I met at our church, at Community Church of Columbus. And now we have three kids. So mm. my whole life, my whole mm. path was shifted, but it is for God's glory. Like, I am where I am now because of, you know, the way that it all worked out. And I think that is exactly how it was supposed to be. Isn't isn't there a verse that goes like uh, all things work together for good? Yes, yes, absolutely. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. You've experienced it for sure. Yeah. Are you passionate about anything? Do you have any passions? And if so, where do those passions lie? Well, so 
you know, in, in line with kind of what we're talking about in my story, I think God puts us through experiences that we can in turn use to help others who are going through the same thing. So one of my passions right now, outside of, you know, being a mom and um, you know, just working for my family, is really to help other women who find themselves in a, with mm. an unplanned pregnancy. Mm. So um, a few years ago, I got introduced to a program called Embrace Grace, and it's it's a national organization, but it's essentially a support group for mm-hmm. women who find themselves pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's a twelve week curriculum that we can go through with women after they have found that positive pregnancy test, and mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. in that very dark period of oh my gosh, how did this happen? What am I going to do? What, what decisions do I have? Am I considering abortion? Am I considering adoption? Or just how can I even face a pregnancy? How do I tell people? How do I tell my parents? How do I tell mm-hmm. the baby's father? So um, I really have come to love Embrace Grace and what it means for just redemption and restoration and giving hope to women that the church can support them in mm-hmm. this time mm-hmm. when I think the perception is that, you know, oh, that's a sin and the church will turn our backs mm-hmm. on you when I want these women to know that God loves them mm-hmm. unconditionally and their child and the church is a place of hope and restoration. So that's how, how I've turned, that's become my passion. We've we've done several different sessions of groups. Um, I think that probably around 40 or 50 women here in Columbus mm-hmm. have gone through mm-hmm. the curriculum. So it's um, it's been really a blessing to me to be a part of. I've gotten to meet some, some amazing moms and just kind of walk through these hard times with them. And I've also seen the transformation with some of them. You know, the curriculum, we are pointing them to Jesus over mm-hmm. and over every single week. It's mm-hmm. it's really kind of an emotional health mm-hmm. curriculum that we go through. So it's um, just working with them to know that they are loved. They are mm-hmm. worthy. They mm-hmm. are the daughter of a king mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and just that they have a place in the church, them and their baby when the baby is born. So mm-hmm. that has uh, become my passion over the last few years. And it's been really exciting to be involved with. Well, I look at the wisdom that you have gained because you've gone through those things. And no, so now you can lead others. You can show them the way how to navigate such a difficult situation in life and so my i can understand why that would be your passion for sure yeah there's definitely no guidebook on how what to do when this situation arises and i mean we definitely don't have all the answers but our our biggest hope is that we can um, impart some wisdom to your point but also just understanding and Mm. encouragement that Mm -hmm. they're not alone that they there's a community that we're here to support them and to think that you've affected at least 50 women you've shown christ to at least 50 women who had you not been there or had this program not been there no telling where they would be today what their lives would be like because people would knock them down but you guys you girls are building them up yeah, and you know, Nida, when I found myself pregnant, I called the church that I was attending at that time, and you know, it could have just been a guest that happened to be in the office answering the phone that day, but I explained, mm-hmm. you know, I just found out I'm pregnant, I don't know what to do, I need to talk to somebody, mm-hmm. I'm considering abortion, I just, I, I need help. 
And the lady on the phone said, I'm sorry, I don't really have anyone here to help you and hung Mm -hmm. up the phone. And I was Um, like, I don't want mm -hmm. my church to ever get Mm -hmm. that phone call and not be prepared to Mm -hmm. where to point this woman. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously Embrace Grace is only a 12 week curriculum and we have clarity and some pregnancy services in town that we support. So we're Mm -hmm. fortunate Mm -hmm. to have that here in Columbus. Mm -hmm. But just I, I, I made a decision that no one is ever going to call my church and mm-hmm. be turned away or not given any mm-hmm. direction. So at such a difficult time, the door got slammed in your face. Yes. And it was devastating. I was so disappointed. Wow. I can hear wisdom coming out of your mouth, even as you speak now about the things that you have learned and so forth that God has taught you and is still teaching you, I'm sure. Yes, it's a journey for sure. (laughs) For sure. Well, Lindsay, we have to take a break, but I want to get back and pick up and talk about some other areas in your walk with Christ. We'll be right back with the chat. We're back with the chat, and I am chatting with Lindsay Van Zant, and we're getting ready to talk about areas of your life Lindsay, that God is working on you to make you more like Jesus. Can you? Are there at least two areas where well, where he's doing a lot more that? than two? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think kind of an area that I would say I'm being pruned most obviously as just as a mm-hmm. wife. Um, marriage is not yeah. easy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure if anyone thought that it was going to mm-hmm. be, but. Um, you know, my husband and I, we laugh because we are totally opposite mm. in just about every aspect of the word. Um, and the things that were so attractive to us when we were dating about each other, like drive us crazy now. <laughs> so, um, but I just think this season, I, in light of, I would say, COVID and just being stuck at home and really, Mm. he's working from home full-time, I'm working from Mm. home full-time, we're trying to do e-learning with kids, and Mm -hmm. we have a lot of kids, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's Mm -hmm. a challenge in of itself. But I think it's kind of revealed that, um, A, I'm a very selfish person, Mm -hmm. and I like things done the way I want them done. And I don't know, our marriage just got very tense over, I'd say, the last like six to nine months. And so we finally got to the point where, And let me back up. I mentioned that I had my son, Logan, before. Mm -hmm. So then I ended up getting married to Kyle. So Kyle adopted Logan. Mm -hmm. And um, it has been a transition of just parenting with Mm -hmm. kind of a blended family and the dynamics that brings into play. So us all being stuck at home has, I I think, highlighted some of the areas that we have to work on. But really just in, in general, what Jesus has revealed to me is I need to let my husband lead me and, Mm -hmm. um, I don't always have to have an opinion. I don't always have Mm -hmm. to win, you know, Mm -hmm. when we're in conflict that Mm -hmm. um, we talk a lot about communication. And that's something that I struggle with is just verbalizing my feelings Mm -hmm. and and how to work. Marriage is a dance between two people. There's push and pull. There's give and take. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of times I just I want to do all the taking. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so it's been interesting. You know, we Nida, we got into counseling, marriage counseling for the first time as a couple. And we had a few sessions. um, And how's it going? 
it, you know, it, we had two sessions and we haven't gone back. We should still go back because the the first session was just asking some general questions about, you know, why you fell in love with mm-hmm. each other, why, what, remind each other what you loved in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that was great. Mm-hmm. Then the second session was really working on me and kind of like what I needed as a wife and a mother and how Kyle could show me love. And then we haven't gone back to this part where I'm supposed to learn how to show him love. <laughs> so we need to do that. But it's uh, it, it, it was really great to talk to another person mm-hmm. to help flesh mm-hmm. out. Like, you know, I have my lens that I look at our conflicts and he has his lens that he views it through. And mm-hmm. sometimes we just cannot find alignment. Mm-hmm. So having a third person just to sit and talk through and kind of be able to communicate and work through stuff has been invaluable. And mm-hmm. and honestly, I think we talked through a lot of our stuff in preparation for those appointments mm-hmm. that helped us move forward. But I just think in general, Jesus is working on my heart on um, not being selfish and, and trying to love Kyle in the way that he needs to be loved mm-hmm. and, and know, knowing that everyone experiences love differently. Mm-hmm. And so what mm-hmm. I think I need may not be what he needs. So, it's it's been a journey of just trying to submit to his leadership in our home and um, just have an understanding of there isn't a rule book for parenting. We're all learning as we go, mm-hmm. and I cannot expect perfection from him because mm-hmm. none of us are perfect. And, you know, as long as he is pursuing God and, and letting God lead him, I need to be willing to follow that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give and take, give and take. Yes. Take and give, take and <laughs> right. give. But right. mostly give and take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The th- chat theme song is uh, called Stepping Out. And it's a song that talks about us getting out of the boat so that God can cause us to have to depend upon him more in faith. What's one of those times where you've had to get out, the, out of the boat and depend totally on the Lord and allow him to work and make you stronger. I think it goes back to that experience with Embrace Grace, because when I was originally asked about um, working with that group and and being a part of that, I had to put my pride aside a little bit Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I, you know, when you go and air your sins in front of a large audience that's that's really hard mm-hmm. but i felt like god was saying no lindsay like i i want to use you for this mm-hmm. and you got to get over your stuff mm-hmm. and just let me take control here and let you be a messenger and an advocate for these women so i think that's probably one of the biggest mm-hmm. most um visual times mm-hmm. where i mean even announcing embrace grace at my church originally the first time that i was leading the group mm-hmm. they asked hey will you come up and do a, a little mm-hmm. announcement mm-hmm. and even wrestling with what do i say do i relate this to my own experience or do mm-hmm. i just kind of leave it hey we're helping start this group and mm-hmm. i just felt like no you, you gotta put it out there mm-hmm. so i think that mm-hmm. that was probably the most obvious that comes to mind of just Sometimes God uses our ugliness and the choices mm-hmm. we've made mm-hmm. and um, and our experiences that maybe weren't aligned with what he wanted for us. He uses us to that to prune us and to help other people in the same mm-hmm. boat. Mm-hmm. And how is that going? It's going well. It's going great. I mean, I've shared a little bit about Embrace Grace in general, but I don't feel that anymore. Good. I, that, you know, he took all of that 
that shame and that embarrassment and the, oh, are they going to talk about me? Or, oh, mm-hmm. are they going to be like, mm-hmm. hmm, what, asking questions about Kyle or my son or like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I put a lot of our private stuff out mm-hmm. in the public. And I, I want to be super careful about that, obviously, for my son and my husband. But I also... I don't feel Satan like kind of digging at me anymore about mm-hmm. that stuff. I'm confident that that is the direction God has mm-hmm. led me to go. Mm-hmm. And in that confidence and depending on Christ, you can do it, can't you? You yeah. found that out. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to get into your prayer life now. Do you have a designated place that you go to every day to pray? You know, I don't. I <laughs> I would say... I do a lot of arrow prayers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. We had a speaker come share at a mom's group I was at one time, and that's what she called it. She was like, you know, you're a mom. You're going through, like, all the time. And sometimes if you get a few minutes in the bathroom or the shower, mm-hmm. like, you know, you just that's, that's your time. So mm-hmm. um, I would say in this season of my life, I have not been good about taking the actual time away from everyone else. Mm-hmm. It's more kind of just as they come, Lord protect this child or lord mm-hmm. um please help me control my temper right now or mm-hmm. you know just i'm shooting arrows all through the day it's mm-hmm. an ongoing dialogue i feel like in my head when i'm driving as i'm walking mm-hmm. the dog just mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. and i think god understands that in fact i know he understands that that there are periods in our life many times that we have more time to dedicate to him uh, but there are so many other times that, especially when you have, in your case, four children, to keep up and to pray is that I can see how that would be that constantly all day long you're shooting up arrows, you're listening to the Lord, you're when you go to the bathroom, you have a minute, <laughs> you know. Sometimes that's the only quiet time I have during the day. Yes, I yes, I remember those days myself. So, in your prayer life then, does it start before you get out of bed and does it go till you go to bed at night or how long does this last? Yeah, I mean, I do think it's all all through the day. Mostly, I would say I I close the end of the night praying for mm-hmm. sure. But mm-hmm. a lot of times, mm-hmm. that's like how I end up going to sleep. It's like mm-hmm. I'm just praying, mm-hmm. and then I wake up the next morning. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's just an ongoing thing. And uh, you know, I we do one thing as our family. We sit down every night and eat family dinner. That's one thing that's mm-hmm. important to me. We all at the table, we hold hands and we and we do pray together as a family and it used to be always Kyle doing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But now it's whoever takes a bite first. Like if one mm-hmm. of the kids eats before we pray, then that child has to pray, which <laughs> they used I think they thought that was funny and that was like a punishment, but now uh-huh. it's like uh-huh. they race to the table to take a first bite because oh. my 5-year-old oh. loves to pray, my 3-year-old loves to pray. Oh. Like it's actually really funny um but so we do have a family prayer time um every night at dinner but Mm -hmm. for me personally Mm -hmm. it's probably the most focus i'd say is before bed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when things have finally quieted down it sounds like (laughs) yeah yeah are there any prayers you pray specifically for yourself each day you know i don't i don't have the same same one it's it's always you know use me how you can um Mm -hmm. Let me be a light to other people. I mean, that's one of the common things I, I just tell my kids is be a light, be a light. That's kind of a theme mm-hmm. in our in our house. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, but no, other than that, it's, it's not routine. It's very much customized to the day and, mm-hmm. and, you know, where I feel like God has blessed me, I'm thankful for, um, and just kind of what I'm learning. I'm doing the Bible in a year right now. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's thankful for whatever lesson has stuck, stuck out through that reading of the day. Mm-hmm. So not the same, always variety. Variety. That's, a, as they say, that's the spice of life that <laughs> yeah. sometimes keeps us going, doesn't it? Are there any prayers you pray specifically uh, for yourself on most days then? You're saying that you don't have any prayers that you say every day, but are there some that may be more common than others that you would pray for? I mean, I think it's themes just with the relationships with my family, Mm. like, you know, Mm -hmm. not to get frustrated with my husband or to have patience with my kids or to, um, you know, lately it's been to have self-control using my phone and not be looking at my phone all the time. So mm-hmm. there are some themes, but it's more mm-hmm. like behaviors that I'm asking for God to help sure. help kind of navigate a little bit. Sure, I can understand that. What does your devotion time uh, consist of? That has varied kind of depending on, you know, if I'm in a study or with a small group or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now, we're going through, my husband and my son, my 13-year-old, we're all going through the Bible in a year. Uh-huh. Or try, we're trying to read the Bible in a year. Uh-huh. So um, that's been kind of fun to do together. Uh, the three of us, we've never done it before. Well, I should say, Kyle and I have started reading the Bible in a year multiple times. We've mm-hmm. never actually finished. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh-huh. as far as devotion time right now, that has been... Um, Really, a, a new way of doing it is because this year I've been doing it audibly and listening mm-hmm. to the Bible. Mm-hmm. I'd never done that before. Mm-hmm. I'd taken a class a few years ago um, with Marta Boris, and she had talked about how listening to the Scripture um, is just another way, another avenue to take it in. And mm-hmm. I had kind of, <laughs> I really kind of felt like that was cheating. Like, no, if you're going to study, like, you need to be reading it. Mm-hmm. And and she made the comment, well, Lindsay, I mean, if you need to think back to Bible times, they weren't reading it. They didn't mm-hmm. have it to mm-hmm. read. So, so mm-hmm. much of the Bible was passed down orally. And, and that kind of gave me, I feel like, permission. Like, oh, okay, this is, this is an option. So, anyway, um, I've been doing the, the Bible in the Year plan paired with the Bible recap. I'm not sure oh, if you've heard that. It's oh. a podcast. Uh-huh. And every day, so I do the Bible reading, and mm-hmm. it's typically when I'm taking my two to daycare. Mm-hmm. I, I can listen in the car, mm-hmm. so I've got about 10, 15 minutes where I can listen to that. And that's that's where I've carved out a little time right now to be hearing that. And so that that is my devotion time right now as mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. March 2nd. <laughs> it changes. Ask me in a month, and it could be totally different. <laughs> well, as you talk about that and reading scripture as your devotion time i think wow how important that is and how just listening to god's word uh you know most of the people i know do a devotional or something like that but god can use anything and especially you're doing you're reading just his word yeah the, what I love about the plan I'm doing right now is that the the daily reading is probably three or four chapters a day. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, there's a podcast that's about probably seven or eight minutes where she mm-hmm. goes through and kind of recaps the highlights of what the context was, mm-hmm. but also talks about if there's anything weird that sticks out where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, did you read this? And think, oh, that's interesting. Or uh-huh. um, kind of clarifies maybe if there's some 
conflicting theological perspectives on that particular passage or, mm-hmm. you know, this side might say this or that side might say that. But then she also always ends it with, what's your God shot? Like, mm-hmm. what is it that mm-hmm. you learn about God in these three or four verses? Mm-hmm. So it's really good because I feel like a lot of times I struggle with just reading the text and being like, okay, God, what do you want me to learn from this? Mm-hmm. Or what am I learning about you? And sometimes it's, I don't understand the big picture of how it connects to the context. And so I love this. I'm hearing it. And then I'm also kind of really like hearing it again with a summary mm-hmm. and kind mm-hmm. of what are the main things. And then ultimately, like, what can we learn about God from hearing this mm-hmm. passage? So mm-hmm. it's it's really given me kind of a hunger for the word right now. I really look forward to hearing mm-hmm. that each day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I miss a couple of days, it's usually on Saturday mornings when mm-hmm. I'm folding the laundry, I'll recap on a couple of days mm-hmm. and add up. Mm-hmm. But um, so that's been pretty exciting. That sounds like such a, a good way to reinforce the thoughts that and the words that you had just read in Scripture. Yes. Yeah. Kind of encapsulates it. Yep. Well, this is good Good chatting, Lindsay. We're going to have to take another break, though. So we'll be right back with the chat. I'm stepping out, out of the boat. We're back with the chat, and I am chatting with Lindsay Van Zant. She's a wife, a mother, uh, and she is busy with her job at um, Rubbermaid Commercial. And uh, it, it, this is just really good stuff. Listening uh, to her as she as she talks about her walk with Christ. Well, Lindsay, I'd like to ask you now: Do you have a life verse? Yeah, so a f- couple summers ago, I had my kids memorize. I decided that if we're going to be home for two or three months, we're going to work mm-hmm. on like a longer passage of scripture. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. as a family and my kids memorize Matthew five fourteen through 16. And it's, um, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So ultimately, I think it's just you are the light of the world. Like mm. that is mm. that is our job to to go to dark places and to be light. And um, that it was an easy passage to do with kids because they get it. So we kind of memorized this verse by verse and acted it out and mm-hmm. put the bowl um, oh. put the, the bowl over the lamp so they couldn't uh-huh. see it. And like you know, we went into a bathroom mm-hmm. and put the bowl over the the lamp so that they could see that it actually changed the light and made the room dark. And um, but that that I feel like is kind of a family verse for us mm-hmm. and just in general be a light that's what I tell my kids as you know they're walking out the door be a light be a light mm. if you see if you mm. see a classmate who is struggling or sitting by themselves be a light go be a friend and so we we like that verse and it, it just makes a lot of sense to me in my experience mm-hmm. both mm-hmm. with embrace grace and as a mom and in my job just the world we live in needs a lot more light right now so it sure does that's kind of our theme really for our whole family it's just be a light what a good reference to scripture and how you have taken it and applied it to your whole family it's not just one of you supposed to be a light to the world but all of you and so you're reinforcing to everyone in your home that each of them is to be a light for christ wherever they are yeah it's uh you know i have my oldest is a teenager right now Mm -hmm. he's in middle school Mm -hmm. and and all the joy that comes with middle school (laughs) yes 
And uh, so this is especially relative, I think, to just where he is of trying mm. to find who he is. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's changing from a boy to a teenager. And mm-hmm. so that that theme has been really applicable in so many circumstances. Mm-hmm. And to think that he's getting it from home, the most important place for him to be able to receive that kind of encouragement to be like Christ, a light to the world. Yep, we hope so. Can you tell us a couple of your favorite biblical accounts? Biblical accounts. Well, I was thinking through this as I knew we were going to be talking today. And um, so after I moved back to Columbus and I told you after Logan was born, one of the things I decided to do was just really focus on getting involved in my church. So one of the things, (laughs) they recruited me to lead the small group for high school girls. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not a teacher. I'm leading Bible studies with teenagers can be challenging anyway, because you never Mm -hmm. know what kind of questions they're going to ask. Um, and I felt very inadequate. But one of the studies that we did as a group, one of the first studies I ever taught was the book of Ruth. Mm. And, um, I, I felt like I related a lot to Ruth and it was, it was really good for me to, to dig in, dig into that passage and just, you know, learn the bigger picture, but also having to teach it. I think when you mm-hmm. teach something, it forces you to really kind of take a deeper understanding. But mm-hmm. so I, um, I enjoyed that whole book, um, narrative of Ruth in general, because I think on the surface, it just looks like this fairy tale story of here's a single girl who mm-hmm. gets married and has babies and they all live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, there's, there's just way more to that. It, it's not the fairy tale. Um, it's about God working through loss and depression and mm. famine and grief and and longing for um, connection and um, just how God uses all of that with mm-hmm. with Ruth and then Boaz, who she ends up marrying, and her mother in law Naomi, who had lost her husband and her sons, and just how complicated that story is. There's so many different themes that could be pulled from it, but I I really mm. like that. Just as God using that like he can use his plan to redeem all circumstances Mm -hmm. um, even Mm -hmm. in that situation when the israelites were just working they were spiraling out of control and wickedness so Mm -hmm. um so that that's probably one of the accounts that i really enjoy that i feel like i relate to so much just in ruth of you know being able to leave your past behind you Mm -hmm. and just looking forward and and working hard to do what you feel like is pleasing to God, and then also like seeing the blessing that comes from that in a path that might not have been what you would have chosen for yourself, but ultimately leads to mm-hmm. just like the life that you could have never imagined you had. So I, I relate to that a lot. You see how God causes all things to work together for good. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Can you tell us two of your favorite biblical women? Um, I mean, I think Ruth probably falls into that as one. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and maybe mm-hmm. Naomi, too. I find mm-hmm. a little humor in, in Naomi in that story just, you know, because she is kind of snarky and bitter. and mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, So, I, you know, I don't know if I have a favorite. I feel like so many different women I can relate to i was just reading exodus this as we're going through the bible and it talks about miriam um around when moses brings the ten commandments down and she Mm. like has a tambourine and she's like you know (laughs) singing and dancing and shouting and i'm like i can i I think i would like miriam (laughs) she's probably my kind of girl um i don't know i mean i i think there are so many that i don't i don't necessarily have like two very specific ones i feel like i can relate in so many circumstances 
um, throughout the whole Bible of women. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, to me, it's kind of like the Bible is a machine and has many moving parts through it. He's moving in the lives of so many people that we can learn from so that God can use it to make us more like Christ. Can you see that at all? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, reading through just the characters, even in the last few months, uh, the accounts that we've studied with Sarah, like her laughing when God told her she was going to have a baby when Mm. she was, you know, 100, Mm. whatever. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I would probably be laughing too. Like, yeah, right. That's not going to happen. I'm so old. And Mm -hmm. I can, I can, I think I can understand the feelings. That's what I like about really all the people in the Bible, not just the women, but Mm -hmm. understanding that God, nothing has ever happened that I'm experiencing right now that someone has not gone through Mm -hmm. in that text. And so Kyle and Mm -hmm. I, we laugh often, like, you know, we think our circumstances are so unique to us Mm -hmm. and where they're not, like you could easily go through like infertility. That's a very common challenge. A lot of women Mm -hmm. go through, but yet you can find that in the Bible. You can find Mm -hmm. anything that we're struggling with and find hope Mm -hmm. um, and encouragement through that same account. Mm. So true. So true. Well, have you ever had a mentor, Lindsay? You know, I I wish I could say that I had. I would love to have a mentor. I There have been a few women at different stages of my life that I feel like maybe were mentoring me, but they didn't know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I can think of some teachers, um, mm-hmm. you know, specifically Marta comes to mind. I've faithfully attended some of her Bible studies at church over the years. And mm-hmm. I look up to her so much for the wisdom that she imparts um, through her teaching of the Bible, but she would never say she was a mentor to me. Yes. I, so I would say most of my concepts like that have been more where I've tried to glean as much as I can mm-hmm. from observation mm-hmm. versus someone mm-hmm. who's intentionally come alongside me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe my mom would fit into that a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely in my younger stages, she, mm-hmm. I would say, shaped and molded me and tried to to coach and encourage me. But I, my husband and I have talked about this a lot. I would love to have a mentor. Mm-hmm. I don't even know... Mm-hmm. Um, how to do that or ha- who mm-hmm. to ask or i we've t- kind of identified some couples that we thought could maybe help us as a couple have mm-hmm. also have three boys but mm-hmm. then we're like well what do we say to them that's a lot of responsibility to put on somebody to be like will you be my mentor mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i i see the value in it you know mm-hmm. i've worked mentoring myself with mm-hmm. a lot of the embrace grace moms and mm-hmm. i can see see the value of a mentoring relationship and that is definitely something i desire Mm -hmm. but i can't confidently tell you that i've experienced that Mm -hmm. unfortunately Mm -hmm. (laughs) i see a mentor as a person who i personally can look to who i can learn from her or him but her generally that I can become more like Christ by using some of the examples of their own life. And especially when we don't necessarily say you're my mentor, but uh, but that's the role that many people play in our lives. And God teaches us and brings us along, don't you think? Yeah. And I do think that I've had those women in my mm-hmm. life, but they probably just mm-hmm. didn't know that I was viewing that relationship mm-hmm. in that way. Sure. But I think I'm 
talking maybe to a next level of I I would love to have someone that I could call, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm mm-hmm. struggling that they mm-hmm. would be open to receiving that phone call and mm. and not be like, "Oh, okay, sure, I'll help you and let's talk mm. through this and how can we pray together and navigate mm-hmm. this situation based on the wisdom I have of my experience in this, you know, whatever circumstance. Sure. I think most mentors don't see themselves as mentors that like you're talking about there is that there are people God uses in our lives, whatever. You don't have to call them anything. You just know that God is using them. I will say that through the years, I've taught many classes, Bible classes and various parenting classes and just all kinds. But the class that the class that has been the the best attended and and at the end of the weeks or time the class is over I didn't lose anyone and mentoring is the only class that I have ever taught and I've done it in churches and and groups and so forth that they have the number has not declined it's because the women that come they're serious yeah they're either looking for a mentor or they are wanting to be a mentor to other women and so but mentoring it's a heart's cry of us women is to learn well scripture tells us that we are to learn from each other and you young kids you need to to look to us to learn and you have so much to teach us as well but mentoring and the importance of it so i hear your hearts cry Lindsay. yeah maybe someone listening will be like i'll be your mentor (laughs) (laughs) i you know we did have a program at our church it was called apples of gold i don't Mm -hmm. know if you've ever heard of that yes i have and it it is a mentoring concept and i loved that we haven't done that for several years but it was um, a six-week kind of a short mini study just pairing women in the church with younger women uh-huh. and it was topical each week was a different topic and you know the funny thing is i coordinated that mm-hmm. on a couple mm-hmm. different sessions but i never sat through it as a participant uh-huh. like i was always kind of the one making sure mm-hmm. people were where they needed to be and mm-hmm. managing the food and putting mm-hmm. the teachers in place but i didn't ever participate as a person so maybe mm-hmm. we need to do it again and this time i'll just get to be the participant but that was a mentoring focused program mm-hmm. that i think really highlights the value of the relationship and bridging the generation mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. Um, women in the church which is awesome i agree i agree with you Lindsay. what well, before we get off the subject of mentoring as you think about those women who have impacted through your life what's what are some of the things as you look back you can tell that they made an impact on you what did they teach you um i mean i think i would look to my mom in those circumstances and i think ultimately i I mentioned that she made the comment to me one time you have to you can't sit on the fence you Mm -hmm. have to choose am i really pursuing christ Mm -hmm. or am i going to let all the influences of the world influence me and my Mm -hmm. choices and the way i'm living my life so i like looking to my mom i think someone who is willing to boldly speak truth into Mm -hmm. your life sometimes when you're not making the best decisions Mm -hmm. that that's made an impact on me because you listen when you have a relationship with someone you take what uh, advice they're giving um more seriously Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is there anything that as you think about Uh, relationships with women that you have had through the years is there anything you can think of that you taught someone else how to be more like christ yeah i mean with 
both I leading a small group, Kyle and I led small groups for several years and just working with other women in their marriages. And as moms, I think um, one thing I would just say that we talked a lot about being a wife and being a mom, but also letting your identity be made in Christ and not getting lost in being a mom. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people, you know, they mm-hmm. talk about like a child centered marriage where kids are the focus so i feel like Mm -hmm. there are specific friends that we've kind of been close with and we've had some conversations specifically like your marriage needs to be the priority and here's why this is god's design Mm -hmm. and specifically for you know someday your kids are going to grow up and graduate and leave the home and and your husband like you need he's still going to be there Mm -hmm. so just through mentoring kind of with the season we're in where it's so common for parents or women just to be all consumed with being a mom and Mm. not to say that that's wrong, but it has to be balanced with like your spiritual life and pursuing a life living for God. And also with your husband, Mm -hmm. it can't be like your husband priority number five. So that's one of the things that I feel like has had some hard conversations with friends specifically Mm -hmm. about that. And I would hope that, I think we've seen the fruit that they have worked through some of those and that's been beneficial on their marriage because of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, this is exciting chatting with you, Lindsay. We've got to take another break. We'll be right back with the chat. The boat, for the Savior is near, I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out, out of the boat. We're back with the chat, and I'm having a chat with Lindsay Van Zandt. And Lindsay, I know that you have told us in the last several minutes that there have been several struggles in your walk of faith. Well, during these struggles, is there a song that God has given to you that is encouraging, uplifting, has helped you through some of those struggling times. Yeah, the the song that came to mind is Go Light Your World. Um, it's I'm just going to read the first part of it here because it's so, um, to me, indicative of kind of the journeys I've been on. But there is a candle in every soul, some brightly burning, some dark and cold. There is a spirit who brings a fire, ignites a candle and makes his home. So carry your candle, run to the darkness, seek out the helpless, confused, and torn. Hold out your candle for all to see it. Take your candle and go light your world. And I highlighted that because I think in my own spiritual walk, there are times when my candle is Mm -hmm. burning brightly, Mm -hmm. and there are times when it is like barely flickering, you know? Mm -hmm. And I know confidently that God has put people in my life and the Holy Spirit like this mm-hmm. talks about um, the Spirit coming to bring a fire. And sometimes my prayer is, Lord, just light my light my fire, please. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, those times we just have to be mindful that everyone is at different phases and it, it is okay, like a, a phase where your candle is not burning very brightly. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, sometimes we just really have to cry out to God and ask Him to help us. And that, I, I feel like I just want to put that out there to accept that that's where you're at and that and there's no shame in that Mm -hmm. but it's sometimes you need to vocalize it and and i can say to my husband kyle like oh i'm really struggling i'm just in a rut or i don't i don't really feel like reading the bible or i don't want to do this or Mm -hmm. things that i know god has put in my life for a reason and 
sometimes that that's where community comes in with other believers where they mm-hmm. can kind of nudge you and push mm-hmm. you along or help you know hold their candle over mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to help relight yours so i just loved this it, it works with kind of the theme of being a light and running to the darkness and seeking the helpless like i just there's so much about this song that i really love mm-hmm. the lyrics let's listen to the song that Lindsay has chosen go light your world in every soul Some brightly burning Some dark and cold There is a spirit Who brings a fire Ignites a candle And makes his home So carry your candle Run to Seek out the hopeless, confused and torn And hold out your candle for all to see Take your candle and go light your world Take your candle and go light your Some other way See now your sister She's been robbed and lied to Still holds a candle Without a flame So carry your candle Run to the darkness Seek out the lonely The tired and Yeah. 
In closing, I'd like to give you a couple of minutes, Lindsay, to say something to those listening to the chat right now that will encourage them in their walk with Christ. Just speak from your heart. Yeah, I just, for the listeners that are out there, I know some of some of you are probably like myself, where you maybe have grown up in the church, and, and this all seems very applicable to your life or where you're at. But I also, if there happens to be somebody listening who has not, doesn't really know what I'm talking about, about a candle or um, just a life with Jesus, that there is hope and there are people um, that would love to talk to you through the station or the song. Um, but just knowing that we don't have all the answers. I mm-hmm. think a lot of times there's this perception that Christians are, you know, we call ourselves believers, but mm-hmm. that we have it all figured out. And and if I read the Bible, that all of a sudden it's going to be like, you know, angels singing and it's all going to make sense and be, be super applicable to my life right then and right there. And it doesn't always work that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. We are all, you know, constantly seeking and, and kind of wrestling with what the Bible says and who God is and the promises he has for us and just finding hope that you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to be a deep intellectual theologian to kind of process through this. I mean, I'm, I'm a mom. I, I am not, there is nothing special about me, but um, I do try to glorify God and the choices I make and how I raise my kids and just how I live my life. And, and that's, that's all God asks of us mm. is to do things, um, to seek him. You know, he'll help us, give us his Holy Spirit to coach us and guide us. And it's not an overnight transformation. Uh, mm-hmm. Being a believer in Christ is a, a conscious choice that you make every single day. And, and each day we get a little bit closer to learning and understanding. And sometimes we step backwards and sometimes our candle is barely burning, but that God is always there with open arms and he's very faithful to um, just engage us and be there for us in every aspect of our life if we're only willing to come back to him and, and seek him. Will you please close our time together in prayer? Sure. Thank you. Heavenly Father, um, I thank you for this time together with NIDA and just the opportunity to have a conversation, Lord. And um, I thank you for the journey that you have put me on and um, so many of the people that you have put in my path that have constantly kind of steered me back towards you when I may have walked away. And, and Lord, I thank you for giving giving me the confidence to move forward with, with my story and the redemption that you have put in my life and just sharing the blessing of Kyle and my kids and the opportunity that maybe someone will hear this and relate to to my story and just and feel confident and empowered that even if we don't have things all figured out that Lord you are always here for us and um, love us unconditionally um, I pray for every person who hears this today wherever they are that um, this show will be a blessing to them in your name I pray amen thank you Lindsay for coming to chat with me today It's been great to hear about your walk with Christ. You've been such a blessing to me, just as I have chatted with you. And I know you will be to the listeners today as well. And thank you, listeners. I've appreciated your tuning in to the chat today. I look forward to future times when we can once again sit and have a chat.